Today, I uh, surprised Father Crisantos. I did not tell him I was coming. Didn't have anywhere planned to liturgize, and I wanted to stay somewhere local, so I decided to come to St. George. I haven't been here in quite some time, and I noticed right away, it's hard not to notice when you stay away, the beautiful marble, the beautiful works that are happening downstairs. Uh, right below us, actually, the renewal of that space and the better use of that space as it's coming along. And I think they told me by Father Crisanto said December, it'll be done. I said, today's December 1. And he said, December 30, 31st. I said, okay, we'll give you another month. So I'm very proud of you. I'm very happy to see so many of you because when he saw me, he said, you know, your eminence, it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. People are tired. People are away. We don't have Sunday school. We don't have anything uh, planned next door. It's a, it's a basic Sunday where nothing much is happening. And I said, well, that's a good thing because that's how I'll know how many people actually attend church because they really want to or because there's something going on, an event, a meal or an emotional or something. Usually that draws our people. When we have Godparents Sunday, for example, the churches are full because the Godparents come and they bring their children. So today I'm very proud to see so many of you in the church coming to offer your worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's, it might seem strange, I mean, to see so many people. Maybe it's not strange to you because this is your family and you're used to seeing this. But today, in today's gospel, something similar occurred. There were so many people walking by, we're told, by a blind man, that the blind man, although he couldn't see, he couldn't see who was walking in front of him, he noticed. He noticed that there were people, it says the masses or a crowd was walking by him. And we can only imagine what it's like to be someone on the street who's blind and is begging for help. Blind man was on the street begging for help, and he noticed the people. And it's strange to him that there are so many people walking by him, because normally when we, I, I, I will confess, be the first one, sometimes when we see someone on the street in front of us begging for money, what do we do? Cross to the other side. And so this blind man, who was so attentive to his environment, more than those with sight, realized something is going on because people were walking by his way. And he asked, why are you here? What's going on? And that's when they tell him, Jesus of Nazareth is coming and we're going to see him. And right away, this blind man, who's again, very attentive, can probably tell more about his environment than those with sight, says one thing. Jesus Christ, Son of David, have mercy on me. He yells out because he knows Jesus will hear him. He doesn't know how close he is, but he knows the Lord will hear him. And he says, have mercy on me. And what do people do? They try to hush him, try to quiet him down. They do this for a number of reasons. Perhaps they do it because they feel he's annoying. Perhaps they do this because they feel he's taking away from their limelight. He's a sideshow. He's a blind man. Jesus will not notice them, but he will notice the blind man. So they try to keep him down. Or maybe they do this because they feel he's not worthy of Jesus' mercy. And they try to make him stop 
And he doesn't stop. He insists. And he yells out again, Jesus, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. And right away, Jesus stops and he calls them to him and, he, and they, they begin that exchange. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't ask him his name. He doesn't ask him why he's blind. He doesn't ask him how long he's been on the street. He doesn't ask him who he's related to. He doesn't ask him anything except what do you want me to do for you? Very, very clear. And the man says, give me back my sight. And by that he means his physical sight because clearly, spiritually, he had vision. He knew who Jesus was. But he wanted his physical eyesight back. And the response of Jesus is not, you have made great sacrifice. You have prayed enough. He doesn't say, you have made a great donation or an offering. He doesn't contextualize what's about to happen. He says, your faith has made you well. That's it. Your faith has made you well. Nothing else. Nothing else matters. And the man sees. And people then see this man who has, again, his physical sight, which, by the way, was very similar to raising someone from the dead. No one was able to give back sight. And so they realize that this is a great miracle. They realize that Jesus is God. And through this man who receives his sight through his faith, they start to have faith in Jesus Christ as well. I don't know if we are like our Lord, giving mercy without any strings attached. Usually, we say, I will help you, but you have to help yourself. You will receive only if you give. What's worse is in the church, and I have seen it for two years now in our metropolis, where there is a spiritual exchange. There are people who will say, I will pray for you, but you must do this and this and this. You will be healed by God, but you must first go to confession. There are people, unfortunately, who take advantage of our weaknesses. They pretend to be holy men and women and are wolves in sheep clothing. And they are not merciful like the Lord is merciful. They promote themselves. They promote their ideologies. And they do so by selling grace. And this is not what happens in this gospel. Gospel of Christ is free. The gospel of Christ is ours. All it takes is faith. Faith in Him. It doesn't take great asceticism. It doesn't take metanias. It doesn't take offerings. It doesn't take donations. It doesn't take any of that. Those are all nice and good. But it doesn't come because we have made a great sacrifice. It comes because our hearts are ready to receive it. And this blind man's heart was ready to receive the Lord's mercy. And as we approach our, 
the great feast of Christmas, I encourage you to cultivate your heart. Cultivate your heart. Make it ready so that it can receive His mercy. When you are ready and each of us is ready to ask for it, and we kneel and we ask for it, may it be ready so that we can receive it with great joy like this man. And through the, re the, the reception of such a great gift, our lives will change and people around us will change because they too will see how we have been moved and touched, healed, and they will have faith in Christ.